world is changing. The mass extinction we feared has already begun, and we are the cause. We are the infection. But like all living organisms, the Earth unleashed a fever to fight this infection. The Joey P Project. Where science and men collide. And welcome back to the Joey P Project, the place where science and myth collide. How's everyone doing out there? I hope you're enjoying this late July evening, afternoon, morning, whenever you're listening to this. If you get around to listen to the listening to this and it's not July anymore, that's awesome. I don't care as long as you listened. But then happy August, September, October, November, December, January, whatever it is. I hope everything's going well out there. So real quick, some new news. We are now, last time I spoke to you all, I was announcing that the Joey P Project can now be found on iHeartRadio. Well, now we can also be found on Spotify. That's right. You can find the Joey P Project for all your projecting needs, desires, wants, temptations on Spotify. The app goes for anything. You can anything droid iphone car you know tomfoolery anything but yeah we're up on the spotify now so now i have like 18 different outlets i'm like a podcasting whore at the moment i'm really starting to show up all over the place so i'd like to say thank you to everyone who's listening giving me the time to speak my madness and to explore the human condition, because what what are we if not humans? And we all have a serious condition. And, of course, we all know about the mental illness epidemic running wild through the United States of America recently, as everything has gone all batshit cray-cray, as the kids are saying, or we're saying like three years ago, or four. I don't even know how long it's been since the kids were saying cray-cray. I haven't worked in a bar in a while. But also at that point, I was at a bar in Connecticut where they were usually about a year or so off of the sayings. They usually needed, to, or no, no, the, the young kids are pretty on it. The older people I worked with, and, and by old, I mean like 20, like five and up, would start saying things like on fleek, like a year after people who were saying on fleek. Although up there in Connecticut, I did notice they really wouldn't, did not want to let go of the whole YOLO thing. It was ridiculous. And I never even agreed with YOLO. You know, the whole, you only live once. No, you live every day. You only die once, unless you die and get brought back. But you definitely die, 
less than you live. So we'll leave it at that. So what are we going to get into on this fine, humid July evening in the land of the United States? Well, with recent revelations about our 12 Ruski friends that we spoke about before, I want to go into a little thing called a Cyber 9-11. Now you ask yourself, what is a Cyber 9-11? Well, you all remember 9-11 unless you weren't alive at the time which is really strange, even though it was like 17 years ago. That's even that's crazy to think about, the fact that um, 9-11 happened th- uh, 17 years ago. It, it doesn't seem like 17 years. And there are actually people alive today who don't remember it, but that's fine. That happens in life in general. I don't remember a lot of things that happened that people who are alive right now do. And so on and so forth. But a cyber 9-11 is really, really um, something I've been mentioning for years. Me and my good buddy Ed, the chairman of the Cramps, had a thing a while back because he's been so afraid of Russia. Of course, Russia. But going back, I don't even know the year. It was probably 2014. I, I really started talking about it. 2015. Um, cyber attacks, EMP attacks. Those were really, really the things I always focused on. Um, Ed, of course, was scared of MIGs, like it was uh, the movie Iron Eagle in the 1980s, or even Top Gun. I'll go Top Gun. It was a MIG-29. They were inverted. They were keeping up communications, giving them the bird, whatever. But really, if you're living in 2018 and you're worried about MIGs, I don't know what to tell you. And Most of you probably don't even know what the hell a MIG is, just to fill you in a mig is a russian made fighter jet that was popular in like the 70s and 80s and the 60s i mean i think they still make them but they've had they have other manufacturers now it's not even the point the fact that we were having a discussion one day and i'm talking about cyber security cyber attacks cyber 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 and i was saying i'm not worried about russia militarily speaking Ed was very nervous about Russia, Putin, the Ruskies were coming. Like it was, you know, 1983 and he was watching the movie War Games or Red Dawn. And he was really afraid of the the Red Army. I'm not afraid of the Red Army, never have been. But cyber is a thing that really needs to be looked at. And when we were having this discussion, Ed's argument was, of course, they have MiGs. Those were exact words. I was like, Russia's really not a problem militarily. And he's like, well, they have MiGs. Okay, awesome. MiGs, you're an idiot. Go jump in your mask and jerk off. But a cyber 9-11, back to that. And what I've been talking about for a while, and there's only really one politician, which is weird, that I've really heard talk about like cybersecurity. This was going back before, you know, the Russians fooled everybody on Facebook and social media with all the fake stuff that Ed is still falling for today. I looked at his Twitter likes and found a couple of manufactured memes and stuff he was liking. But anyway, Marco Rubio was the only one I actually kind of heard in all those debates. This is going back before all this stuff, because now we have cyber hysteria. It's all over the place. People don't even know what they're talking about, even though it was there before that, because you remember when, like, the North Koreans, they did that hack and they stole that movie. I think it was called The Interview with, um, what the hell is that guy's name? 
oh my god what is his name james franco and the other dude with the beard who was in uh pineapple express and super bad and all that stuff yeah that guy and they they like hacked into and re- to the movie and and or sony and did whatever because they made the movie making fun of little kim because you can't make fun of little kim and people didn't even pick up on that and then there was like that place all these hacks they're basically like like phishing scams you can pick up on them real quick that's not even what we're talking about here with cyber 911 but just don't fall for phishing schemes and stuff like that that's when like people try to contact you and get you to give them information they'll try to pretend you know everyone gets them you know, my mom got them the other day, although she knows not to answer the phone, but there was a message. They were from Apple. They, there was a problem with their iCloud. It was total bullshit because Apple doesn't call you on your house phone about your iCloud. You'll get an actual message on your device from Apple, you know, in that little, in the settings, it'll show you stuff. But they do that. You know, they'll send you an email. You'll click on it by accident. They'll get your passwords or they'll, they'll figure things out through that. They fish. They send out bait. And they hope that you bite on it. And if you bite on it, then they'll have your info. And then they'll get into your email accounts and whatever and whatnot. Which is really crazy that these DNC staffers pretty much fell for a lot of phishing schemes. And that just really... But, you know, people didn't know. I don't know how they did it. But, of course, they're probably all in the same mindset that, you know, MIGs were still a thing. And, you know, cyber attacks weren't. So, they fell for it. So just don't don't click on junk mail. Don't give anyone information. I, I shouldn't even have to tell you this, but that's not even what we're here about. Like a cyber 9-11 would be a major cyber attack on the United States. And I don't mean like breaking into someone's email account or stealing like your credit card info or stealing people's information. Stealing information really isn't a thing because as as people, we basically give our information away for free. Every app you use, you have to sign a like okay user agreement was basically saying you have no rights to privacy. And if you don't agree to that, then you can't use, you know, our app. And most people just they don't know what to do with themselves without using things like, you know, the the GPS stuff, the map stuff, you know, the social media things. All of them. Google, everyone likes to use Google. And to do so, you have to voluntarily hand things over even though they've changed a lot of that and not because of anything in the United States, but because in Europe, the European union has put a lot of new restrictions on like Google and companies like that, protecting people's privacy. And since these companies are global, they can't, they're not just going to, you know, change their algorithms and stuff for just Europe. It's got to be a, a widespread thing. So thanks to, you know, they did something cool. The European Union, we're getting a little bit better at that. But we all voluntarily give our info away. Okay, fine. Just don't don't give it away to, to people who it doesn't sound right. It's one thing to do it in agreement. You know, you had all those those Facebook things that just went down. You know, and, and is that even really a cyber attack? That's more of like an idiot attack. Um, they were making fake pages and just putting up propaganda and people are so stupid in the United States that they fall for it because it's, it's basically how they feel. You know, they, they don't care if it's true or not. It matches how they feel. So it's true. So on and so forth. Just like, you know, we've said before, good friend, Ed can't help himself. He just hates liberals so much that it doesn't matter what it says as long as it's fits his, his, 
emotional opinion, and that's how most people are. But um, see, a cyber nine eleven would be something a lot, a lot larger than that, a, a bigger scale. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be you know ciphering off data so they can tell who's a crazy right winger and who's not, and who's a crazy left winger, and then feeding them propaganda that matches their emotional you know state of mind. That's just dumb people being dumb and going with you know what they want to be true and not is true. That's not what a cyber nine eleven is. Okay. A cyber nine eleven is something way more serious and it's way more dangerous. And you know, they they actually call it a cyber nine eleven, which is another interesting concept. Because now you start thinking, is is everything now going to be called like a 9-11? Kind of like how everything, every scandal out there now always ends in gate just because of Watergate. You know, you had bridge gate, spy gate, whatever gate, bullshit gate, you know, blow it out your ass gate. Everything, they throw gate on the end of it now just because I guess that's the thing to do. So I guess that's, you know, one way cyber 9-11 got a name, you know. Are we going to put every every threat now with the nine eleven on the back of it? We might. It, it the sad thing is, it a cyber nine eleven would be way worse than the actual nine eleven. It would be way more catastrophic. It would be way more destructive, and it, the loss of life would be way way higher. And also the base, the the foundation of the United States would be rocked. It would be over. It would be, it would be very hard to recover from because, like the Joker said, people are only as civilized as society lets them be. If you had a breakdown of, you know, structured society as it is, people would start losing their minds and everyone would go very primal. They already are. But it would be a major catastrophe, you know, and th- that's the thing, because no one really, no one really even gives it much thought. Sp- even now, people who are talking about cyber, they're all talking about, you know, like um, how Russia meddled in the election, which they did. But that, again, that's not on the level of cyber attack that I'm talking about today. And then you have the other trolls who are just worried about dudes in the desert and old pickup trucks, like I've said a million times. And the whole, you know, they're co- they hate us for our freedoms. That was the you know biggest line of bullshit you ever heard. And, you know, they they get all paranoid about that. I remember going in, you watch the news, and like, my biggest fear is ISIS. Yeah, ISIS, really? They don't, like, ISIS doesn't even have a biplane, let alone a fighter jet. So you can't even say MiGs for that. They, they are lucky if they can steal a crop duster to fly around in with an outboard engine. If, if They probably don't even know how to fly. They don't leave the ground. They're not an actual army. But, you know, people are still worried about stuff like that. Still, which, of course, is a threat. But that's all that stuff is is a law enforcement thing here in the U.S. But a cyber attack on the United States of America, a real one, a cyber 9-11, would be catastrophic. And, again, people don't want to think about it. They don't even know what it is or what could happen. They don't even realize it. And it's because most people's, you know, Real threats are too big for small minds. Most people can't handle um, things that large. You know, easy threats are simple. 
They work for elections, politics, fear, arguing with your in-laws, all that stuff. You know, Muslims, guns, illegal aliens, stuff like that. You know, illnesses all winter on the news here in New York, at least. All they would talk about was this deadly flu and and everyone knows the flu. Right, so the flu is scary, but not that scary. You know, Americans need to be scared by by a known boogeyman. They all need a boogeyman, but they like it to be a boogeyman they understand. Like Muslims, guns, you know, the flu. You know, remember the Ebola thing? Close the border, crazy people. You know, they need things like that, that are scary but familiar. Things that are easy to, to speak about without needing to really know what they're talking about. That's that's the kind of threats Americans like, and that's what they thrive on, and that's what you know politicians and everyone prey on, and media outlets, and even you know advertisers and, and consumerism. You know Americans need scary but familiar. They can't handle scary, but I have no clue what that means. It just doesn't work for them. They they don't like a topic or an issue. That is too big for them, that they don't know about, that they don't have to learn about. Even if they see something, they Google it, they'll go right. Even when they Google something, you can Google something and they'll have all the choices there and they'll immediately go to the headline that already matches their predetermined opinion to begin with. So Americans don't really like things that they're not familiar with. And they don't even have to be an expert on it. But if they've already been fed the talking points and, and if they can put on the TV and understand what the crazies, on, the, the crisis actors on Fox News and MSNBC are talking about, then then that works for them. They don't want to hear about things that, that also affect their actual everyday life. They can hear about, you know, dudes in a desert across the ocean 5,000 miles away and get scared that, ooh, they might come here and kill you. That, that works for them. But even that, there's small attacks. The flu, like I said before, it was everywhere. Deadly flu. Every year is the flu, but this one was deadly. And they were on the TV every night talking about the flu. And then after the flu, it was the worst allergy season in history. And people got all, you know, got all up in arms. Got to go to get the store. Got to load up on Zyrtec or whatever they're taking. Just like they're selling flu shots. I even said it actually to my, to my parents because they always had the, the nightly news on because they're 70 and still watch like Channel 7, whatever news it is at 6. And that's when that guy Dr. Doom comes on, as I call him, because um, he always has horrible headlines. And he was a deadly flu guy. And they were pumping deadly flu, deadly flu, deadly flu. And I was like, watch, all of a sudden, in a couple months, you're going to hear about, you know, a new vaccine for the flu. And lo and behold, around February, March, as the deadly flu season was, there it was. Brand new flu vaccine. It's all very easy to understand, people, Ed. But back to, uh, sorry I got off track there. But um, that's what I'm talking about, basically, is is a familiar thing. People understand the flu. And they're like, oh, my God, the flu is really bad this year. So we have to do this, 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 this. And they're buying all the Purell and they're getting their flu shots and they're, they're you know, washing their hands and doing whatever they do but because they're afraid of it, but they know how to deal with it, if that makes any sense. They're scared that they might catch the flu. Like, oh, my God, the flu. 
but they also understand how to try not to catch it. And when they do catch it, they kind of understand that it sucks, like it's the worst. But they kind of understand what it is. They may be a little more dramatic and go to the doctor, which, you know, if you're not feeling good, go ahead, go to the doctor. I'm not saying not to. But they understand it. So the term deadly flu is scary, but they're familiar with it. You say someone cyber 9-11, they don't even know what the hell you're talking about. And if you start to explain things to them that could really happen, uh, first off, a lot of them won't think it's possible because they don't want to accept the fact that this could happen. Nobody will take precautions and others will just forget about it. It's not, it's too scary to be remembered. And that's kind of weird. They'd rather go back to, you know, guns in schools and Muslims and, and illegals being rapists and whatever, because, you know, it's, it's familiar and they find comfort and relief in familiar monsters and familiar, you know, fears. But again, that's that's kind of like how these cyber attacks during that election went. Again, not on a grand scale to the point of anyone with half a brain could could, you know, see a fake article, see a fake meme. I've spotted a million fake articles. One easy way, look at the author's name. I'm not going into it because it's funny, but I love the guy and he's awesome. But if the name is a character from a movie, a well-known movie, and that's the name of the author, might not be the most reliable article. And then when that site is turned out to actually be proved to be a Russian bot site. But again, it matches what they want to believe. So, again, small minds, emotional minds, not small, emotional, opinion. They want things to match their opinion. That's that's a that's a threat if you know a, a foreign power starts meddling that. And, but again, it's easy to defend because people shouldn't fall for that. You know, it, they shouldn't just believe something because they want to believe it to be true because it matches their you know disdain for another person. But they should be able to tell when something is so crazy that it's not real, you know, but they don't. So. So, yeah, but that's, again, not even what I'm here to talk about today. There's nothing you can do about that, but just just wake up and please be smarter. Please just understand. But that's that's not even what we're here to talk about today. Now, what is a cyber 9-11? It would basically be an attack on the U.S. infrastructure, the infrastructure of the United States of America, which could easily be done. I also have another theory on this, which is also an EMP-style attack on the infrastructure of the United States of America. Now, they could go hand-in-hand, but we're not going to do a hand-in-hand version of it today. I would like to do another podcast about an EMP 9-11. There's an idea. There we go. EMP 911 coming soon. Stay stay tuned to the channels. I can't even say channel at this point because I'm on like 10 channels. So stay tuned to the channels or just follow the Twitter and you'll find out what I'm doing. But basically, <laughs> basically, what we're talking about here 
is an attack on, on the infrastructure of the United States of America. You know, transportation, telecoms, banking, stuff like that. Um, the stock exchange, the financial markets, and then if they can, the defense network. Now, everything, everything is run by computers and on a computer network. Everything. When I say everything, I mean everything. Things you don't even realize are run on that. And an attack on that would totally, you know, blind the country. You know what I mean? I heard that term, blind the soldier in battle, he dies. Blind the country, and the loss of life would be unimaginable. And what I mean by blind is, once transportation went down, trains, planes, air traffic control, you know, train signals, transportation, traffic lights, they all went down. No traffic lights. You ever try to go through an intersection during a power power outage and the lights don't work? It's chaos. Put that in a major city. You know, most people who have that are in small towns. Take down a traffic, the traffic networks in all the major cities. You think traffic's bad now. Wait till that happens. Everyone gets stuck there, not getting their cars out. Then they have to walk home. You take out the electrical grids. Now, the United States is on two major um, grids, the Eastern Interconnection and the Western Interconnection, that they also share with Canada. You know, North America is on a grid together, the U.S. and Canada. I don't know if a lot of people know that. The whole continent shares a grid. It's split into the Eastern and Western, and then there's other subgrids. Ah, subgrids to that. Now, if you take if you knock out the power it would take days weeks months could you and well an emp attack on the on the electrical grid could take it out for up to 2 years but it wouldn't be like a 6 hour power outage you know it's not like a thunderstorm rolls through power goes out you know i don't have powers for 6 hours 7 hours 8 hours and then it's back cuz i know personally power goes out for 8 hours it sucks Try losing it for eight months. I know, poor Puerto Rico, but what can you do? We have a, you know, incompetence breeds incompetence. But if you take power away, people, the society would probably break down in two weeks of no power in the U.S., let alone two months, two years. People would lose their minds with no electricity. Now, remember, with no electricity, you're not charging any phones. You're not charging your electronic cigarettes. You're not running any medical equipment. I mean, yes, they'll have generators, but generators also have to run on something. And attack on the power grid would also be attack on the gas hubs, so all natural gas would be knocked out, so there'd be no gas. So there'd be no gas for cooking, no gas for making electricity, no gas for anything. Generators usually run, most generators, like large ones, have a natural gas hookup to them, and they run off a of natural gas while the power's off. But gas will be knocked out, so those will go down. Then you can try to run some on regular gasoline. Problem with regular gasoline is every gas pump in America, mostly that I've seen, I haven't seen an analog one in forever, everything's run on a computer network. They're all digital. Most people pay for things with credit cards or debit cards. Now, all banking would be done. You wouldn't be able to take money out of the bank, buy anything. You wouldn't be able to do anything. You'd be stuck, lost. 
And once food starts running out in the houses that people, you know, who live in houses have food, you know, you can only last for so long on the ha- food in your house. Some people don't even have food in their house. Once once the food's out, you can't go to the store and buy anything because you don't have any money. Well, stores aren't open because they don't have electricity. So then you have looting and rioting. You know, slowly the chaos begins. Now, when I said financial markets, there's a big problem there because if they once they bang into that, one thing is they'll close the markets. But the problem will be that they don't even, there'll be a point where they don't even know who owns what anymore because that could all get affected and changed. It's not really st- stealing money, but it, they wouldn't know who owns what. It would go into a panic in, in a cell. As soon as the first thing happened, you know, the markets would probably go into a panic. There'd be a quick sell-off. Everything would start. It would just go nuts, and then they would just close it, shut it down. But then the power's out. So now what do they do? I don't know. So now you have no money. No one has money. No one has electricity. No one has gas. If it happens in the middle of winter, there's only so much heat in your house before the oil and the tank runs out. Even then, what do you, no electricity. You know, it get, which, even though the gas, not gas, the oil in the oil tank is what the uh, furnace is burning. The furnace needs electricity to turn on to even burn the oil, the heating oil that's in your tank. And depending on when the last time you got to fill up on that heating tank is, you might not even have a lot of oil in there to begin with, but it doesn't matter how much is in there if you're full or empty because there'll be no electricity to turn the furnace on to heat your home. That happens in the middle of the winter there's a lot of places where people will start to freeze because not everyone knows how to start a fire. Not everyone has a fireplace. Not everyone knows how to get wood and burn things. It would just get very chaotic. It would freeze in their homes. They would starve. This can all be done with a cyber attack on the infrastructure of the United States of America. Now you're starting to see what I'm talking about, how big it is and how very possible it is to be done and how people do not even want to consider thinking about any of this. I've only spoken a couple minutes on this, and I haven't really gotten even that in-depth about things, but just just think about not having electricity. You don't really realize how important electricity is to you until it's not there. I've lived without electricity a couple times in my life. I lived in Queens, New York, when there was a huge power outage down there. We didn't have power for seven days. Because Con Ed had all old equipment in there. It all exploded. There was actually the manhole covers were shooting up into the air. That was in the middle of July. That was really hot, by the way, because there's no air conditioning at this point. And we're in a heat wave. The power went out. That sucks. Stores were losing all their food because it was melting because it was so hot out. You know, things go bad. Things don't last forever. Freezers, refrigerators, they all run on electricity. Without electricity, food spoils. There's another problem, right? You following me? I also, Hurricane Irene didn't have power for a week. Hurricane Sandy, well, I lost the house on that one, so I didn't have power at all. But I finally got power back when I moved somewhere else. But I've gone a week without power, and it was it was brutal. But even those those 
seven days on different occasions that I went without electricity, there was still electricity for me to have if I went other places, just in the place where I was living had no electricity. But if, oh, excuse me, but if I went down the road, went to work, whatever, there was power in those places, or if I went home to, to my parents, there was power there, or if I went to a friend somewhere else, a couple miles, like a bunch of miles away, there was still power there. I still had access to electricity. I just didn't have any access to electricity when I was home, which was horrible. But I still, can you imagine now not having access to electricity anywhere, no matter where you went? You know, there wasn't, because my roommate at the time had a fantasy draft. We had no power. So that meant, of course, no Wi-Fi. But he was able to go to a McDonald's a couple miles away that did have power and free Wi-Fi and still do his fantasy draft. Now, if a cyber 9-11 happened, the last thing you're going to be thinking about is your fantasy draft. Although fantasy drafts are pretty important and hardcore. But he was still able to go down the road a couple miles, but still was able to go find some Wi-Fi and some electricity. That's not going to be able to happen for anything. Nothing. No power. No news of when it's coming back on. Because guess what? All your news comes through a television or a phone or a computer or a tablet through electronic devices. I don't know how many of you out there have a ham radio sitting around. Probably none. But you're going to have no no source of communication. None. Because again, cell networks, also part of the infrastructure, will go down as well. So now you have no electricity, you don't have a cell phone, you don't have Wi-Fi, you don't have any contact with the world and what's going on except for the people you run into. You have no food in the winter, you have no heat in the summer, you have no AC. It all just gets very, very, very frustrating. You have no gas for your cars because you can't get gas out of the gas pump. So all you have is what's in your car at the time of the attack. So you better use that sparingly. And after a while, you're going to get looters. You're going to get people siphoning gas out of other cars. People are going to start trying to take things from each other. You'll be surprised how chaotic and fast a breakdown of society begins. You following me now? You're starting to feel where this is going? And of course, even if you could get money out of the bank, which you can't, no cash registers work. Everything is run on a Wi-Fi and computer network. Nothing's going to work. Just imagine your life right now with nothing working in it. And I don't mean, you know, your personal life or your social life. That's not working. I don't know what to tell you, you know. You can always fix that. Just find things you like. I don't know. Just take everything away. Like right now, <laughs> I have a light on. I have a TV on, computer on, mixing mixer on, microphones on. I got all kinds of things on. There's a tablet here. There's a phone. I got all kinds of shit going right now. Take them all away. It's a fan going, bye. Refrigerator, I got how long before the food goes? Does anyone really know how to preserve food? Do you know how to hunt for food, fish for food? And that's another thing. People are like, well, even people who say like hunting, there's, there's, there's a lot to hunting an animal. You know, once you kill it, you have to field dress it immediately because bacteria builds up on it, in it. And the, the meat can go bad very quick. And then... It needs to be refrigerated. Do you know how to smoke stuff? Smoke Smoking meat is the best way to preserve it, but I'm willing to bet nobody even knows what the hell I'm talking about, right? Unless you live, like, in Alaska. 
or somewhere in America where people still can take care of themselves without technology, even a little bit. But that that would set off major, major, major crisis. And you wouldn't even know if someone's coming to help you. You can't call 911. You're just sitting in your house alone, scared, not knowing what's going on. While so much can be happening out there, it would be a complete breakdown of American society. What would the government do? Start start mobilizing the National Guard? And then what? Like, what are they really going to do? Start trying to move, like, generators around and relief? It would just be chaotic, you know? And we spend all this money on, on defense, right? And it's not even defense. There's another thing. I was just having this convo the other day, and it's really true. Like, the word defense needs to be taken out of that, that the name of that budget title. National defense. It's not national defense. The majority of that money is not spent in defense. It's spent for other things. Let's just be honest here. You know, we're not working on defending the country. Because they only spent um, very little on this. They've even had every expert of expert tell them that you know, the infrastructure is vulnerable. Everything's vulnerable. We need to upgrade it. We need to fix it. Are they doing it? Nope. Not really. You know? Everyone's still, you know, they they just want to sign military contracts and build tanks that will never get used. And (laughs) invisible jets. (laughs) There'll be like one or two listeners who knows what I'm talking about there. But but all that stuff, like you're just spending money, 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 money. For what? To prop up the dollar and make sure oil is traded in it. That's really what it's used for. So, I don't even know the exact number, so I'm not going to be that guy and tell you what the exact number of what military spending is right now. It's, I don't know. I believe last time I looked, it was like $600 billion in that budget. And, of course, yes, it's discretionary, so we'll just throw that out there before any freaking morons try to kill me on that. But I have $600 billion. $600 billion. Only $28 billion is spent in cyber defense. $28 billion. Now, yay, it went up from 14 a couple of years ago, so they, they threw, you know, they, they doubled it. It needs to be more than doubled. You need more cyber defense then you need tanks then you need you know battleships which we don't even build but you remember you know genius Mitt rodney we need to build more battleships and that was the one time where honestly president obama made sense because it's about capability not battleships and it's true more money needs to be directed to cybersecurity and defense and of course space exploration If I was in charge, that would be where I'd be putting my money. Not building, you know, tanks and 170 military bases around the around the planet. You know, we you don't even use that stuff. They end up selling it to to cops to shoot minorities with. That's what they do with surplus military stuff that they have. They they have no room for anymore. It's used, and they need to get rid of it. So they sell it to some small town in Massachusetts and. Now that police force of eight people has a grenade launcher because, I don't know, 
why not? You never know when a minority might walk by with a cell phone and you need to bust out a grenade launcher because you're afraid for your life. And boom, there you go. That's why they got it. <laughs> but yeah, they more money needs to be allocated against this because it, it's not protected against an EMP blast at all, which was the biggest threat of North Korea getting a nuclear bomb. It wasn't a missile actually detonating on the continental United States, you know, you blow one up in the atmosphere and it's game, set, match. You don't even have to hit land. So I, but I, you know what? I'm going to go into that when I do a EMP 911 because that'll be fun. That'd be sweet. You know, that'd be awesome. That'd be like Ed at a cramps retreat doing what he does. So what do you think? But yeah, anyway. I don't know what I would do. Think about it. Think about what you would do. And they have the capability. It's there. They can take out the entire grid. And if we lost the grid, it would be catastrophic. Devastating. It would be so much worse than the actual 9-11 attack, than Pearl Harbor, than anything that's ever happened in the history of this country. But nobody cares about it. Nobody talks about it. Oh, my God. ISIS, the Taliban. Oh, my God. Guns in schools. That is all peanuts to this. Or Russia. The Russians. Russians in Crimea. Because they might come over here and, and attack us. No, they're not attacking. Well, first off, when your two leaders are buddy buddies, you know, Putin's really giving it to them. In the keister, giving it to Trump right in the keister. You know, luckily, that's the thing. I'm talking about cyber 911s, and luckily for me, the dumbest person in the history of dumb people, and I say that kindly, is in charge of things. He doesn't believe anything. They could hand him a brief right now and say, This is coming, and he won't believe it. It's, it's not real. He'll think about, well, actually, he might. He, he might look into it because he can't. He's clearly in the pocket of the fossil fuel industry. And, I mean, losing electricity would, would lose a lot of money for him. So, he might look into it. I doubt it. He wouldn't take the time. He can't even read. But it's a great threat. And it's where the future is going. You know, if you think back to the Israelis, they set, they set back the Iranian nuclear program by years with one cyber attack, one virus. They set them back years when they, when Iran was trying to develop a nuclear weapon with one little cyber attack. You have to understand this is the world we live in. I mean, even Skynet, my arch nemesis, Skynet, which really, you know, Skynet and I are going are gonna, to, you know, one will stand, one will fall. Our time is coming. The day of reckoning is, is, is nearing. But Skynet took over through a cyber attack. So if you if you follow if you ever seen any of the Terminator movies and you, you know Cyberdon systems and and Skynet and all that and the machines took over and, and exterminated man it took over through a cyber attack. And of course DARPA and Google they they're in cahoots and AI is growing and they have what's called AI hunters now where they use artificial intelligence to hunt for viruses in computer networks. 
And that's basically, it's crazy because that's basically what Skynet did. And this is going back, you know, years when this story was written and now it's actually something they do. But right before Skynet took over, it infected the entire internet with a virus. So everything was starting to crash slowly, slowly, slowly. And they didn't know what to do. And then the military was like, they decided that Skynet could go in and destroy this virus. And then the one general who's in charge was like, yeah, but that will give Skynet complete control of our entire defense network. And it will be out of human hands. But, you know, of course, they wanted to do it. So they did it. And it was actually Skynet itself that was causing the virus, using it as a ploy to get humans to allow it to go into the network and take over. Right? That's how AI thinks. We're not ready for that. It caused the problem that we would need it itself to fix. And by using it to fix it, it took over. Next thing you know, it's launching nukes and the rest is history. Arnold Schwarzenegger's going back in time to kill the leader of the resistance before he's born. You know, that all could have been avoided if they just wouldn't have allowed the AI system, Skynet, to go in and take out the virus from the cyber attack that it itself was causing. Ah. Right? I don't know if anyone really knows that about that story, about the whole Terminator story, how Skynet actually took over. But yeah, it snuck into a virus. It was taking out everything. People's phones stopped working. Cash registers were stopping lurking. The stoplights, everything. Everything was going. It was starting to go, and it was rapidly going. And before it hit catastrophic stage, they had no choice but to let Skynet go in, hunt the virus, and kill it. But Skynet was the virus. Ha! <laughs> Which is funny because in all those movies, they were looking for like the, the mainframe and, and, and the core so they could blow it up. But it, it never was a core. Skynet itself was software. It was in cyberspace. It never had a physical location. That's the world we live in. And yes, everything is controlled by computers and networks. And now with the cloud, there's not even you're starting to lose actual hard drives and mainframes. So it's very, very real, folks. You better wake up and smell the cyber. Because the only thing people know about cyber now is Cyber Monday. You know, the Monday after Thanksgiving when everyone just buys stuff they don't need on Amazon. But that's about as much as they know. Cyber Monday. Yay! That's what a Cyber 9-11 would be. It would be a complete three-pronged attack on the infrastructure of the United States of America, which is completely run and controlled by computers. That's right. And once you lose it all, once you lose transportation, telecoms, financial markets, financial use, electricity, natural gas, power, all of it, all of it gone. What are you going to do? What the hell are you going to do? You better have a ham radio handy because you're going to have nothing left. And shit, they can't even get power back up in Puerto Rico. If they take out the grid here, how long? it's not gonna, just going to be a week. You're going to be without power for a really long time. And at that point, what? What do you do? Chaos in America. Man eat man. People will turn on each other. Whew, rioting, looting, 
dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. So let's start pushing for people in in places of decisions that could affect this to start really taking it serious. And stop beating your chest over idiots in the desert or, or terrorism or or school shootings and, and which are all things. School shooting is probably actually more of a thing than actual terrorism. But yeah, they're things, but they're they're not wipe out the United States of America things. And again, that's what I was talking about earlier, where they like scary but familiar small problems for small minds. Scary problems for, for small minds. But none of those things could wipe out the United States of America as we know it. This could. And that's why it's not really spoken about ever. Ever. But yeah. Well, that brings me to my tip of the week. So every week I'm giving people a tip to help them in their lives. To kind of bring us back down to, you know, a cheerful position after going through a whole cyber 9-11 thing. And this week's tip is parents. It's for parents. This is a tip for all parents out there. If you have a kid, this is for you. And this kid has to be, I don't want to say under the age of 10, but if you, if you have a child under the age of 10, this is for you. Under eight, under the age of 8, definitely for you. And that tip is, parents, you need to start teaching your children to curse. That's right. You need to teach your children to use profanity, profane language. You need to teach them how to drop F-bombs or whatever word they use. Shit, son of a bitch, damn it, F-bomb, whatever. You need to teach them young. How to curse. And this is why. When we're children, we don't, something happens that that upsets us. They cry. Kids cry. They don't get something, they cry. They fall down. They start crying. They bump their leg, their elbow, their head. They start crying. Their immediate reaction to things is to cry. Now, as you get older and you become adult, your reaction switches from crying to cursing, right? You're five, you fall off your bike, you start crying. (laughs) You're 35, you fall off your bike, you start cursing, right? You stub your toe, you curse. A kid stubs his toe, he cries, or she cries, or they cry. I guess it's they now until they decide. Anyway, whatever the hell they are, they cry. So that's why you need to teach them to curse. That way there's less crying kids. Less crying kids is less annoyed people who don't want to have kids and don't have kids. Because your crying kids are annoying the shit out of normal human beings. So teach them to curse. I'd rather hear a curse say, son of a bitch, mother effer, shit. I'd rather hear them say that. I'd rather than hear them start screaming like someone's cutting out their appendix, appendix without, without giving them any anesthesia. And then you were like, why is that kid screaming like that? And then they'll say, oh, he, he bumped his elbow. I'm like, really? Hit my elbow all the time. 
You're acting like you just like got your leg blown off. So teach them to curse. They fall off their bike. They curse. They bang their head. They curse. You know, if something doesn't go their way. They curse. Right? They want they want a pack of gum or they want you to buy them something in the store. You say no. They start crying. Now they're now they're jumping into my shopping experience because I have to listen to them crying. I'd rather hear them start cursing. Go, God damn, this is bullshit. I never get what I want. I'd rather hear that than stomping and crying. So that's why I'm saying, parents, you need to teach your children how to curse. All right? Teach them some profanity. You don't, have to, you, you don't even have to use the big ones. You know what I mean? Teach them some basic profane language. All right? I don't care what any of you said. It's not debasing the language. All right? These are words that adults use that keep them from killing people, mangling people, smacking people. We curse so we don't actually have to physically act out what we're feeling. So that's why kids need to learn to curse so they don't have to physically act out what they're feeling. They don't have to start throwing a tantrum and screaming and crying and wailing. I don't know why kids wail, but they're big wailers. I don't think I've ever wailed in my life. I might have. But seriously, stop crying. The crying on trains, the crying in movie theaters. Who brings their kid to a midnight showing of the Avengers? You're an idiot. Teach them to curse or keep them home. I want them crying on airplanes. I'd rather hear a kid cursing than crying. There's not a person alive that would rather hear a kid cry over a kid curse. So that's my tip. Stop annoying the shit out of everyone else and teach your goddamn kid how to curse. Because your kid's a little, a little spoiled little bitch. I'm sorry, spoiled little brat. And ver- it's just it's 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 out of control. It's out of control. You know, the whole you're great, you're awesome, and everyone who says different is a hater. You know, mindset has to end. I'm done with it. So teach them to curse. They're not special. Not yet. Maybe one day they will be. But they're not special yet. Now, they're an annoying, little crying sack of shit. Sorry to say it. They probably have shit in their pants is why they're crying. You know? I'd rather have them shit their pants and go, damn, I just shit my pants instead of crying. Say, you know what? I shit my pants. Instead of going into, into hysterics. Now, if a kid can't talk yet, that's fine. But a kid should be able to drop an F-bomb or a curse word by the time they're three. So between the ages of three and ten, they need to learn to curse and they need to stop crying. Save the tears for something that really deserves tears, not for scraping your knee. That's when you curse. When you drop something, you curse, right? You ever see a kid get an ice cream cone, go to enjoy their delicious treat, and they drop it on the floor And then they have a spaz attack and they start screaming and crying because their ice cream fell on the ground. At that moment, I'd rather see them start cursing about the ice cream falling on the ground than throwing an annoying fit. So teach them to curse. That way, I can enjoy my treat, my delicious treat, without listening to a kid cry. I can eat ice cream all day listening to a kid curse. I can't eat ice cream for one minute listening to a kid cry. So parents... Teach your children how to use curse words, foul language, profanity. All right. Well, that's my tip of the week.
Keep that in mind. For all you future parents, write that in your little baby book because they're not. no one's going to tell you that. It's not out there in Barnes & Noble or on Amazon. You're not going to read about teaching your kid to curse on your Kindle or your Fire tab or whatever the hell you use. Audible. You're not going to find a book there. And this is what you have to do to help people out around you. Teach your kid how to curse. Okay? On that note, it's time to wrap up the project once again. Don't forget to subscribe to me. God damn. Now I got to list everything I'm on. You know what? iTunes, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Go give a listen. Give a subscribe. Follow me on Twitter at the Joey P Project for some tomfoolery and controlled chaos and some good old hijinks. And I will be seeing you again very, very soon. Actually, I won't be seeing you again because I can't see you. I will be speaking to you again very, very soon. And I look forward to it. I hope you guys have an awesome week being awesome and doing awesome stuff and teaching your kids to curse and not hooking up with chicks with bigger underwear. You guys be good. Later. The Joey P. Podcast.